0: You know this to be true. That somewhere along the way, if you're going to reap a harvest and you're going to get produce from the ground, there's one critical step that's a non-negotiable. What is that? you got to plant the seed. That's right. Hey, y'all are cheating. you got to plant the seed. Somewhere along the way, you have to take the seed You have to plant it in the ground. that's a principle that Jesus himself taught us. Here in John chapter 12, would you look, we're going to start in verse 23. And Jesus answering them said, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. He's speaking of his own death. Glorified through death, glorified through his crucifixion. Verse 24, again, relating to his own death, his impending death, Jesus says... Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat or a seed of wheat, except a seed of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, if that seed dies, it bringeth forth much fruit." He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, Jesus said, notice these words, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Jesus said, unless a colonel... Of wheat, a grain of wheat, a seed, unless it goes into the ground, unless it falls into the ground, unless it, it is planted in the ground and it dies. We call that the germination process. But it has to die. That seed has to die. If it never dies and it never is planted in the ground, Jesus said it remains alone. It remains a solitary seed sitting there all by itself, and it doesn't die yet. It just sits there, but it won't produce any fruit. If it doesn't die, there's no harvest. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. In other words, it produces many seeds, many more seeds, First of all, we notice in this text a very simple thought about the productive harvest. Jesus in verse 24, uh, relating it to their spiritual life, relating it to what he's about to do uh, as he is about to give his life in his crucifixion, he talks about the harvest and he talks about uh, producing much fruit. Much fruit is going to be brought forth by this seed that's going to die. Obviously, in its context, he's speaking of his own life. But the principle is the same, and it applies to us. Jesus is saying, yes, I am going to die. And my death is like the planting of a seed in the soil of eternity. My death through my dying, me planting the seed in the ground, I'm going to die and experience physical death. But my physical death is going to bring forth much fruit. By the way, you say, where's the fruit of that, preacher? Friend, all you have to do is look around this room to see the fruit of Jesus' death, his shed blood and his sacrifice. The church, the family of God, all the redeemed, are proof of the fruit-bearing seed that Jesus planted in the ground when he died. But he goes on and he talks about that the same is true of our lives. That there comes a time that we as Christians, if we're going to produce fruit, and remember Jesus has called all of us as his followers to produce fruit. If we're going to produce fruit, and Jesus has called every Christian to produce fruit. If I'm not a fruit-bearing Christian, and I'm not an obedient Christian. But he says if you're going to produce fruit, then let's apply the same principle, then the seed... Some time, at some time, has to be planted in the ground and it has to die. So he talks about a productive harvest. that that's God's will that fruit be produced. It's His will for every Christian. It's His will for every church. Every local church is to produce fruit. Every Christian is to produce fruit. So he talks about a productive harvest, but then secondly, we see the planted seed. There Jesus focuses on the idea of the seed, that concept of that seed being planted in the ground. That seed must die. It must come to an end of itself. You see, producing a harvest requires the planting of a seed. Hang with me now. The planting of the seed requires the death of that particular seed. But know this, friend, seeds that never get planted never produce a harvest, never produce any results. So we've talked about the productive harvest. He teaches about the planted seed. Now, there is a a personal cost to planting a seed. Obviously, the word die there, it conjures up negative feelings and emotions that we have. Nobody likes the idea of death or dying. And if that seed could talk before it's ever planted in the ground, I wonder what it would say. I don't want to die. I like my life as a seed. I don't want to go through that death process. That's going to require something of me, something more than what I'm willing and able to give. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go down that road, it would say, if that seed could talk. But again, I remind us that a seed that's never planted never produces any fruit. There is in that very idea and concept that Jesus is teaching here the necessity of a sacrifice in some way. That it's going to require something of the seed in order to produce a harvest and results. There's something that has to happen. There's a death that has to take place in the seed. That seed has to give something. It has to be planted. It's never placed in the ground and the investment of the seed is never uh, never done. Then, then, Then there's going to be no harvest at all. There'll never be fruit. There'll never be results unless somebody is willing to plant the seed, Jesus says. So he talks about the productive harvest. He talks about the planted seed. And then he talks about the personal application. Verse 25. And it's interesting here that Jesus now in verse 23 and 24, He's speaking of His own death where He is going to be glorified and lifted up on the cross through crucifixion. But He he shifts gears now and He turns from this principled statement that He makes about Himself and He makes a personal application to the listener, to the disciples standing there. And he begins in verse 25 to talk about loving your own life, losing your own life. In other words, uh, what he's teaching in verse 25, if you'll notice it with me, he that loves his life shall lose it. In other words, he that is all about himself, self-preservation is what he's speaking of. If you're trying to hang on to your own life and preserve your own life and preserve your own comfort Then he said, really, in the end, in eternity, you will lose that. You're going to be the loser. You're going to lose out. If your goal in life is to preserve your comfort or self-preservation, to preserve your own wealth or to, to preserve your own name or your own fame, your own pride, your own glory, your own ambition, he says basically what he's saying, whatever you try to hang on to, you're going to end up losing in the end. You love your life to the degree that you exclude him and what he wants. Jesus says that you're going to end up losing your life. Keep reading. Where I am, there shall also my... uh, Verse 25. uh, And he that hates his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. And he's not speaking necessarily of self-hate. Okay? He's speaking about letting go of those things. Letting go of your self-will. Letting go, repudiating yourself. Jesus says that's the only way to really plant the seed and to see a harvest produced out of your life. So now he makes it personal on the listener. He makes it personal on you and I. He's not just talking about himself now. He's not just talking about the fruit produced from him dying and the, and the seed of the gospel planted uh, in eternity and, 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 and the seed of salvation and the fruit that that produces. No, now he turns to the listener, to the individual. And now he talks about us. He puts the, puts, puts the burden on us, loving our own life to the point where we neglect His plan for us, to where we neglect us planting a seed for the gospel's sake. Verse 26, He talks about following Him, serving Him. If any man serve me, he'll follow me. Uh, Where I am, my servant will be if a man serve me. Notice these verbs. Follow. Follow serve I remind us this morning that this is his will for every believer so he makes it personal he makes it practical he shows us that the seed is the life of the believer and that fruit bearing requires the giving up of self so I remind us again what we've already said that seeds that never get planted never produce a harvest or a result. So let me ask you something. It's Mission Sunday. This is the fourth Sunday that we've had an emphasis on sharing the gospel and evangelizing the world. We started out talking about a message entitled, There's a Hell, So What? What does that mean for you and I as a believer that there's an eternal hell and that there are people who live among us right here in our own Jerusalem, in our own mission field that are headed to that place? Then the next Sunday we talked about why the goers are not going, why the senders are not sending, why the sharers are not sharing. What is it that's holding us back? Randy Sawyer was here with us last Sunday morning, last Sunday night. Last Sunday night, he talked particularly, used the book of Jonah and preached the whole book of Jonah and talked about their work and their mission and their final command among the Muslim nations centered, located there in Africa. This morning, we had Leonel in Sunday school talk about the tiny island nation of Cuba and what God is doing in Cuba people being saved churches being planted in Cuba so here we are this morning and we're talking God is speaking to us about the seed and we're like okay I I, I, I understand that that Jesus died. He planted the seed, the seed of salvation, and man, that, that that produced fruit. And He's telling us that if we're to see fruit produced, we're going to have to plant a seed, and that seed's going to have to die. All right, let's pray and go home. Let's pray, and go get in line at the restaurant. What's the big deal? What's the point? What's the application? What does this look like in my life? I want to give you three possible thoughts of what it may look like. I believe it has direct application, first of all, to personally witnessing, personally, verbally sharing the gospel. We talk about the gospel seed planting the gospel seed. Our theme for this year, 2018, was tell the story. And I have to wonder how much storytelling has been going on. How much planting of the gospel seed have we done? How much have I done? How much have you done the last 11 months? You see, most of us in here agree that there's a hell. We agree that God wants us to sin, wants us to share, wants us to go. We all, as Christians, if you are a Bible believer, you understand that, you'd raise your hand and sign your name on the dotted line. Christian, yes, I agree. I believe that. But how much, really, how much of that are we really doing? We had saturation Saturday yesterday. Third Saturday of each month, we gather at 10 and we take these to neighborhoods. You get to pick your own neighborhood, your own street. And we encourage people, hey, hey, just go put these on 10 houses, 10 houses. You don't have to say hardly anything. You don't have to say anything at all if you don't want to. Just walk up, put it on the door. Got this little nifty hole in it where you can just, hey, it's perforated. Poof, you just slide it on the doorknob. Go on to the next one. Talks about faith, church. Gives the gospel, talks about Christ, talks about salvation. It gives the plan of salvation right here on the back. You don't have to say a word. We've been doing this for, I don't know, maybe a year, year and a half. You know what we've been doing? Trying to make it easy. Easier. Try to provide an entry-level where anybody that wanted to, who wanted to get out the gospel, could take this. Hey, you don't have to, hey, hey, we've made it now. You don't even have to open your mouth, just go hang that on a door. Pretty good idea, pretty good thought. And hey, hey, the beauty of these is you don't even have to go on Saturday, you can go anytime you want to. You don't have to go on Saturday morning when it's cold. You could wait till 2 o'clock when it's less cold. Or you could wait till Monday. Or you could wait till Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or anytime you want to. Anytime you want to go hang this on a door, you can do it. That's the beauty of these. So we had Saturation Saturday yesterday, and we had a handful that showed up. A handful. I think we could have fit in a Honda. That's okay. This isn't a sermon about saturation Saturday. But it is a sermon about sharing the gospel. And I'm going to say this to you, friend. I want you to hear me. I get told sometimes that when I get low like this at the end of a sermon, people can't hear me. So I want to speak very clearly right now. Okay, I want everybody in this room to hear me. The same time we were out gathering for Saturation Saturday, there was another group in town and they go out every Saturday. The Kingdom Hall, the Jehovah's Witnesses. They came to my neighborhood yesterday. And when I got back from Saturation Saturday and I walked in my front door with my family, this was there. And I thought to myself, isn't that something? I wonder this past week, I wonder which one got passed out the most. I know this is not true. Now that may hurt you and offend you. I, bless your heart. I know this is a lie right here. They, they, they use Bible verses, but it's not based in biblical truth. It's not true theology. Again, they in a sermon on Saturation Saturday. I want us to think though gang we talk about that we love the gospel we talk about that we acknowledge that people need to be saved everyone in this room would acknowledge Christian Powell we need to see people saved and I'm going to tell you something I say a hearty hallelujah glory amen to that but I, I just wonder how, which got passed out the most this past week I think I know the answer think I do How about in the last month? And it doesn't have to be that right there. It could be anything. It could be a gospel track, another track. It could be it could be hey, it could be your your testimony and your witness. <laughs> Here's the thing, gang. We can have sermon series after sermon series. We can have missionary in after missionary. We can have emphasis after emphasis. We can do all this. And we'll just come gather together and have a grand old time. But if nobody, listen, if we're not sharing the story of Jesus any more than we used to be doing it, what good is all this? Is anybody in here understanding what I'm saying? And I, look, some of you—I'm I'm not even talking about in an organized way. Although, man, that helps. But I'm not—that's not the point. I'm just using that as a thought-provoking illustration to get us to think, gang. I know there are other ways and methods besides door knocking and doing what we did yesterday morning. I know that. I get that. I'm just saying. When are we as God's... Listen, in the last six weeks, who have you personally shared Christ with? Is that a legit question? See, we say we believe the gospel... But then we aren't serious about sharing it. We have a bus ministry. Gladly, gladly have a bus ministry at our church. But we use the bus ministry as a badge of honor for churches we affiliate with. But I'm afraid some of us are just as racist and prejudiced as our lost neighbors are. And most in this room, I wonder if we'd really be bothered if our buses didn't run anymore. We say we want lost people to come to true faith in Christ, but yet we feel very uncomfortable with them sitting beside us in the church pew. We don't have meals with them. We don't host them in our homes. We don't interact with lost people. We keep lost people at arm's length. I would say that the vast majority of us don't really know many lost people at all. We claim the title of salt of the earth, but we don't get out of the salt shaker. We wear the badge of light of the world, but we spend our time shining in a room that's already beaming with light. Many of us in our church pride ourselves on being called a fundamentalist, and rightfully so. And yet the word fundamentalist means that we follow fundamental principles. And one of the fundamental, undeniable, non-negotiable principles of Christianity and following Jesus is sharing the gospel and telling the story of Christ. Just because I preach from, study from the King James Version doesn't make me a fundamentalist. Do I really believe in the command of Christ to share gospel if I don't do it then I really don't believe it one thing I'm going to miss about Steve Jones he used to have a fish fry some of y'all in this room have been to his fish fries I didn't say french fry I said fish fry he used to love frying fish, sea mullet, whatever he could catch. How in the world I want, I want to ask you, I want you to think with me. I'm slow, I need your help. How in the world did those fish get from the ocean to his fryer in his barn? Oh, now that's a good question. Did they hop, jump out of the water? And bounce and flop all the way from Emerald Isle to Princeton? You're afraid to answer, aren't you? <laughs> huh? I'm not trying to trick you. You think, son, that's a superfish if it did that, right? No. Bottom line. Somebody had to do what? That means somebody had to go down there, right? Somebody had to go stand on the pier. Somebody had to get on a boat. Somebody had to go stand on the beach. Somebody had to take a fishing line and put it in the water. Somebody had to actually stand there. Somebody had to actually do a little work and aggressively, intentionally, purposely Catch fish. We like seeing a full building. We like seeing the baptismal water stirred. I love it. I love to see people saved. I love to hear about new converts. I'm, but, 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 hey, 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 listen to me. I'm telling you right now we've got the programs, we've got the setup ready. What we're lacking is dropping the line. Are y'all with me this morning? Dropping the line. Standing on the pier. Casting out. Sharing our story. Somewhere, somewhere along the line it's got to go from here to here to here. And somebody... And a bunch of somebodies, if we're going to reach our Jerusalem right here, we're going to have to start sharing the story. It involves that. It involves also personally giving and sacrificing financially. Let's face the reality, shall we? It takes money to operate ministry. Study your Bible. Even in the Old Testament, it's always been that way. The high priests receive offerings for the work of the local church? The missionary journeys of Paul necessitated the voluntary sharing of funds? Question. What missionary what missionaries are you personally supporting financially? What percentage above your tithe are you personally contributing to the work of local and world evangelism? What mission trip, mission team are you financially sponsoring? We're talking about planting a seed. We're talking about personal sacrifice. Verbally witnessing. Financially sharing. And then I'll go a step further. It means personally going on a gospel mission or a gospel endeavor. Now here's where I'm going to scare some of you. I don't want to. I want just to expand our thinking just a moment. Did you know that it could be that there's somebody or somebody's in this room that God wants you to be a part of a new church planning team? You're like, wait a minute, preacher. God hadn't called me to preach. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about part of a church planning team Where God raises up a team of Christians to move to a certain city or a certain location, and you, as a layperson, will get a job there and you will help a church planner plan a church. You'll help watch the nursery, you'll help teach Sunday school, you'll help sing, you'll help greet. Just like it takes in this local church, that new church plant would necessitate and need those type people as well in all vocational callings, in all walks of life. And it very well could be, and I'm praying that God raises up out of this body teams of people to go somewhere to help plant the gospel and to help see churches built across this world, starting in North Carolina, I'm praying right now about the next Faith Missions missionary and the location that God is going to call them to and who in this crowd is going to go with them. I want you to see this map, okay? If you can see it, you may not, but let me tell you what that little thing is that looks like a tortilla chip right there. You can tell where my brain always stays, right? That's Wayne County. There's the various communities of Wayne County. There's Goldsboro, Rosewood, that's where I live. Stony Creek, Walnut Creek, New Hope, Brogdon, Marmack, Mount Olive, Seven Springs, Nahana. Something that got the metropolis of Nahana on there, I'm telling you right now. Fremont, Eureka, Pharaoh, with an F, right? And Smithfield's on there. Wilson's on there. And guess what? Well, it used to be uh, right above the top of the tortilla chip. But anyway, that's where you live. That's where I live. Question. Where are you going to go this week? Where are you going to go to share the gospel? Because I'm telling you right now, there's a street on there you can't see it, and I can't either right now. There's a street on that map. And there's a house on that street, and there's a person in that house on that street that needs you. They need you to They need you to invite them over to your house. There's a business on that map. You can't see it, but it's there. And there's somebody working at that business. And by the way, it's the same place you work. And that somebody at that business needs you to walk across the factory, walk across the store, walk across the business tomorrow and to say a word to them privately about the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a spot on that map for every one of us to go. Next slide, please. This is, the South, this is the United States. The part in red is what we call the Southeast. It's the Bible Belt. That has the highest concentration of evangelical Christians in America. I didn't say everybody was saved, but that's where evangelical Christianity thrives. Right there. Look at all the other space in North America, in America, that's in the white and not in the red. You know what? Those parts in white, which is the vast majority of our country, you know what they need more than anything else? You know what they need more than political reform? They need the gospel, they need churches planted. There's Arizona right there. We can talk about Arizona because we support missionaries in Arizona from our church. There's, there's, there's New Mexico there. There's California there. We support missionaries in California. But you know, there's 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 Oregon, there's Washington State, there's Montana, there's Idaho, there's Utah, there's Vegas. We have Nevada. We have and look, look look at the Midwest. Look at all those states. Look at the Northeast. Get above Virginia and look, I'm telling you, the gospel, the gospel is desperately needed in these places. And we can no longer sit back and not get burdened and not get moved. Next slide, please. Last one. Last slide. We're going to pray. Thank you for your patience. This is the world. Where might the Lord want you to go? John and Tab said, we'll go to Togo. Togo. They weren't preachers. They were nurses. Jeff Jones said, I'll go to Panama. He worked for Goldsboro Millen. Candy Bruce said, I'll go to Moldova. She was a college student. Where on God's wide earth might He want you to go? You say, Christian, I can't answer that question now. I know you can't. I can't either. I can't either. Martyred missionary pilot Nate Saint, he was killed January 8, 1956. He said, and I quote, People who did not know the Lord ask why in the world we waste our lives as missionaries. They forget that they too are expending their lives and when their bubble has burst, they will have nothing of eternal significance to show for the years that they have wasted. What's the takeaway, preacher? Here it is, number one, pray. And pray this prayer, God, open my heart, open my eyes, and open my mouth. Would you dare pray that this morning? Open my heart, open my eyes, and open my mouth, Lord. Ask yourself this question. Number two, how will my life, my actions be different this week moving forward? And number three, this week, do something intentional for the glory of God that gets you out of your comfort zone. Whatever that means. This is what Christ has commanded us to do, to plant the seed.